You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. Yes, that was a replay from Christmas season. We miss those ladies. They'll be back next week uh, for all you kids out there to, to pick up a new song for us as we begin the new year. And sure love having them leading our worship. And I'm telling you, I've been looking so forward to this Sunday, looking forward to that song that the band just did, Graves to Gardens. It's been speaking to me for the last month of just listening to that over and over because I think this year God is going to take our old year and turn it from a grave to a garden. I think he's been working all the way through this process to show us that he has something far greater for us if we'll just follow him and go along with him where he's taking us. And that's exactly why that song speaks to me. I hope you enjoyed it. We're in a new series called Chosen. I wanted to start with a story. A little boy by the name of Jamie Scott was excited about his school having a play. And he's a little kid, but he, he was going to try out for this play. His mom was worried that he was so young that he wouldn't get a part. And so the day of the tryouts at school, mom and a friend came to school to pick him up after school instead of letting him ride the bus because they were worried that he was going to be upset that he missed out on a part. Well, Jamie comes out of the school, sees his mom, big, huge eyes, starts racing over to see mom, hugs her real big and says, Mommy, Mommy, I got a part, I got a part. I was chosen to be the cheer and clapper. <laughs> I'm going I'm to be the cheer and clapper for the play. I love that. And maybe you feel like a cheer and clapper when it comes to God. Maybe you feel like church is just about a bunch of people coming and gathering to cheer and clap. Good thing to do. God deserves it. But he's got way more for you in mind than that. We started this series last week. Tony kicked us off with this series out of the book of Mark called The Chosen or Chosen. And what I want you to see throughout this series as we move towards Easter is that you are just like Mark. You have been chosen by God. Now, maybe you're not one of the 12. Maybe you're not picked for the part you prefer. But he has something special for you. And as we walk through this book of Mark, I want to dig deep into what Mark observed and what he learned as a disciple of Jesus. I want you to see yourself in the story so that you can understand that he has something big for you in mind. I want you to find how you fit into God's story as we go through the story of Jesus that Mark recorded. He has chosen you, and he has something in mind for you. And today in Mark chapter 2, we're going to see that he starts with a reorientation, a training, if you will, to get the disciples on the same page with him. In Mark 1, he had called the disciples. Tony talked about that last week. Today, we look in Mark chapter 2 at this reorientation, this training that he's giving the disciples to help them understand what he's calling them to do. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2, starting with uh, verse 23, but I want to look at the first 22 verses just to give you a summary of them. Because I see that this is one of the four things Jesus is teaching us about rules. Now, you may be a rule follower, you may be a rule breaker. Both of us, both groups of people can learn what God and what Jesus thinks about rules in this text. Here's what happens in verses 1 through 22. We see the Pharisees are upset about Jesus and they don't like his new rules. They don't like that he's breaking the rules 
that are going on with him. What it's showing us is this. All of us as human beings, we're good at choosing our own rules. Like, you pick the rules of your home. You decide what you want the rules to be in your house. You decide what rules you want to follow in your life. And that's exactly what the Pharisees are doing here. In the first part of the chapter, you can read this later. That's your assignment, by the way, to read Mark chapter 2 today. I want you to see that the Pharisees are upset. They're bird-dogging, they're watch-dogging Jesus on everything he breaks in their tradition. He, first of all, Jesus heals this paralytic, and they say, well, Jesus, you healed that paralytic. Yes, but I forgave his sins, too. I forgive your sins, he tells the paralytic, and they're going like, how can he do that? That's not, he doesn't have the authority to forgive sins. Only God can do that. He's breaking the rule. And then he's walking along, and he sees Levi, or Matthew, in the tax collector's booth. And he, he says, Matthew, come, leave that booth, come follow me. And, and instantly, Matthew leaves the booth, leaves the money behind, leaves his job, leaves his past, and he starts to follow Jesus. If you follow the Chosen series, you may have watched that first season last year, you gotta love that moment that they put where Peter approached Jesus and says, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, how, how in the world can you pick Matthew to follow us. Do you know who he is? Do you know what he does for a living? Do you know what he's done to all of us? This, this is just not right, Jesus. This is different. And in the, in the movie series, Jesus turns to Peter and he says, get used to different. I love that. Get used to different. That's what he's telling the Pharisees here too. Get used to different. I come to reach sinners, not those who think they've got it all together. I've come to change what the rules were to back to what they were supposed to be. And then you see a little bit further, I'll get back to this part later, where the Pharisees are blaming him for not teaching his disciples to fast. He says, we fast two times a week. You know, you are supposed to make your disciples fast. That's the tradition of the elders. That's the tradition of the Pharisees. And Jesus says, you don't get it. You're like old wineskins. And I'm trying to bring new ministry into the old. I'm trying to create new out of this. And I want you to see, I can't take new wine and put it into old wineskins. If I put grape juice into an old wineskin, when it ferments, it'll bust the seams of the wineskin and lose all the, all the juice. I need to pick new people to bring my new into. Jesus is breaking all their rules. And maybe you're one of those that likes to break rules. Maybe, maybe you're one of those that likes to keep rules, but you like to enforce those rules onto other people. The point is this. Jesus is in an environment where everybody chooses their own rule set to follow, but then they want to tell others how to follow them. And maybe you're there this year. Maybe we all are. Maybe we've all decided what rules we want to follow and tell everybody to follow them. And Jesus shows up in that environment and he's going to radically change the way they see rules. And in fact, I want you to see that out of the rest of this text, this last part of chapter 2. I want you to see what Jesus says about rules. Whether you're a rule breaker or a rule follower, you need to see what Jesus says about rules in this text. It'll reorient your life to what Jesus wants to do with the rules of life. First thing he's going to say is that God gave us rules as a way of life, not as a control over other people. 
God gave us rules as our way of life, the way he wants us to grow and change and become more like him, not as a way for me to dictate to you how to run your life or for you to dictate to somebody else. Here's what it says in the text. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples were walking along him with him and they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? (laughs) And Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? Don't you remember in the days of Abathar, the high priest, David entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And then he gave some to his companions. Here's what Jesus is saying. Don't you see that bread is for life, not life for bread? Don't you see that rules are there as your way of life for God to give you the life he wants you to have? See, listen carefully. Rules are God's best for you. So here they are breaking the Sabbath. You want to talk about a rule that nobody is supposed to touch. The Pharisees were big on the Sabbath. They took that commandment out of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Remember that Sabbath. And they would turn it into this huge document of rules that you were allowed to do. 39 categories of rules. 39 categories about things that you were allowed to do and not allowed to do. Things like what you're allowed to tie and not tie. Things like what you're allowed to mix in bowls. Things like how far you could walk that day. Get this, things about how much you could comb your hair. (laughs) I like that one. I think some of us need to learn that we can comb our hair a little more. (laughs) Others of us, you comb it a lot. Their point was this. They took the Sabbath day, which was a blessing from God, and turned it into a list of rules to control people by. And you've seen that done. And they missed the whole point. I, I, was, I was reading a story out of Oakland by, about a girl named Grace. This just happened recently in the past six months, where this girl named Grace was sentenced, a teenager, sentenced to jail for not finishing her homework. Get that. Sentenced to jail for not finishing her homework. Now, you hear that, and you know there's another story to it. Grace was in court, and she had been accused and tried uh, on an issue of assault and theft. And the judge granted her a little leniency, but told her, you make one rule change, you, you break one thing. If you don't do your homework, if you don't show up on time, if you don't show up in counseling, if you, and gave them the whole list of things to do. Those were the rules. And Grace, that was great when the schools were meeting and she had all the help and support of the school with the teachers and the classes and the people. But when the schools were shut down, Grace found herself at home trying to learn how to do the homework. And one of those that were supervising her behavior noticed that she fell asleep in one of the classes online and then didn't turn her homework in on time. And the judge threw her in jail for violating the rules. Now, listen, I get, listen, you know this, and you're hearing this story. I get that there needed to be discipline regarding theft and assault. Those things need to be held account for. There are rules that we all need to follow. That was God's point. But throwing them in jail for a girl who has ADHD, who can't get her homework done, 
I don't think that's the way that rule's supposed to work. And that's what Jesus is dealing with. People who have taken the rules and turned into legalistic Pharisees to control people. And maybe you're feeling that this year. Maybe you are one of those people. God gave us rules as our way of life. It was his blessing on us. He didn't give the church the job of legalizing behavior. He gave the church the job of demonstrating behavior. Showing the world how we're supposed to live. And then letting God pour out his blessing on us when we do. And Jesus is saying, you made an exception for David because you understood David needed it. You, you actually honor that story. But then you condemn another person who's struggling with hunger? I think you got your rules set mixed up. And then he says two other things. And you gotta, if you underline in your Bible, this is the verse I want you to hold on to today. If you, if you mark on your phone in your U version, I want you to mark these verses. Maybe memorize them this week as a family. He says to all of them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Listen to that again. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Rules were made for your good, for your blessing, for your life, not life for rules. See, that is such a big deal. Sabbath was the day that God gave us a blessing to mankind. Go back to Genesis chapter 1 and go through the story of creation. And at the end of creation, after six days of creation, God had just made Adam and Eve. And what did he do? He said, I'm going to take a day of rest. No more creative work this day. I'm going to spend my first day with humanity by giving my time and my energy and my focus to them. I want them to enjoy time with me. That was the first Sabbath. And then Moses comes along and God gives him the Ten Commandments and says, now I want you to make that a part of your lifestyle. I want, I've already rescued you from Egypt. I've already taken you out of slavery. I've pulled you out of bondage. I've demonstrated my love to you. Now here's what I want you to do, guys. I want you to come and just spend a day with me. I want you, this isn't a rule, I want you to desire and hunger for that relationship to be restored between us on a Sabbath day. And while you're doing that, you can restore your relationship with your neighbor. You, you can practice forgiveness as families and community. You, you can build and rebuild your relationship every week as a part of your lifestyle by Sabbathing. It was a blessing. Not a curse, not an obligation. It wasn't a rule set to come up with so that we can enforce it on everybody. Listen, if you're watching this right now, the few of you that are here with the worship team, this is a blessing from God. It's a gift. And we've all seen what happens when we don't fulfill the Sabbath. We've seen the crash of athletes who work their bodies too much. We've seen the, the values destruction of families and communities when they don't value and treasure the time with God. We've seen what happens in our own lives when we don't take time to rest ourselves. And I'll be the first to admit it. When I violate Sabbath principles, it hurts me. And it hurts you too. And friends, I, I'm guessing this past year, 
you may have tasted Sabbath in a different way than you ever have before. Sabbath was his blessing to you to give you life. Not life to follow the rules. That doesn't mean we dictate everybody no more rules. It's just saying the rules were meant to bless us, not to restrict us. And this is a life-changing statement that Jesus, you gotta, you gotta put yourself in Mark and, and in the disciples' feet. You gotta listen to what the Pharisees are feeling like. What are you talking about, Jesus? You're changing everything. How can that be? And they missed it. And maybe it's a life-changing statement for you. Maybe, you know, I'll just be frank and transparent with you. Maybe we need to look differently about the way we're answering the government and the people that are restricting us right now to save lives. Like, you can argue with that. You can say all you want. But the purpose of that, the reason we do that, the reason Journey does this, the reason we're meeting like this right now is because we care about people. We care about life. And so we follow certain rules, not because we agree with them, but because we care about the life of others around us. That's why we do it. And maybe you're arguing the rules right now, and that's cool. I get it. Believe me. I've been there. But what's the best way to show our love to people? That's why we follow rules. And Jesus is trying to bring that to their attention. They're not getting it. But then he says one last thought. And again, these are things I hope you wrestle with today. Jesus says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Get that. He's, he's reaffirming that previous statement. Rules were made for man, not man for rules. And now he says, and by the way, just so you remember, God is over the rules. And I'm the Son of Man. I, Jesus, am Lord of the rules. Listen, Jesus is claiming that he is the ruler. And he has the responsibility of deciding where we apply those rules. He wants them to reorient their life to Jesus and then let Jesus manage the rules. I got to admit, I've seen that in practice with our elders. They reorient their thinking towards what Jesus would do and then set the rules based on what Jesus is telling them to do. I've seen our staff do that, reorient ourselves to what Jesus would have us do for ministries and then set the rules based on that. And that's exactly what you need to be doing in your home. That's exactly how we need to start the new year. You know what? I've decided Jesus isn't interested in my, my resolutions for the new year. He wants me to reorient myself to him for the new year and then let him set what happens in this year ahead. He wants to reorient your life. This same Jesus we just celebrated last week came as a baby in a manger, grew up to be a child in, in, John, in Joseph and Mary's home, shows up at the temple and explains the scriptures in a way as a 12-year-old that nobody understood before. And then he shows up in the lives of the disciples, healing all these people, teaching them the word of God, changing the rules, and restoring them back to what was intended. And then he goes to a cross and dies for you and me, takes our place. This is the Jesus that knows what's best for you and knows what he's telling you to do. He's the rule maker. And yes, and I'm just going to say it bluntly, 
we need to take careful concern with what he tells us to do in the word of God. His rules are for our best. That's why we live pure moral lives. Not because it satisfies us, but because it glorifies him. That's why we give and serve in the kingdom and serve in the missions field. That's why, actually, we just started this today. That's why we make an effort to grow with the young people instead of exclude them and do our own thing. That is why we continue to show love in our community even when it's inconvenient for us. Why? Because Jesus is the rule maker and we're following Jesus. This is a big reorientation lesson. <laughs> I remember the first thing I attended at Ohio State University, 18-year-old kid going into Ohio State University. They had this huge hall of people for orientation classes. Not just one of them, but dozens of them for all these incoming freshmen, thousands of kids. And I show up and I'm sitting in this huge hall. And the first person that comes up, <laughs> he says... I just want to tell you, you're now at Ohio State University. You're not with your mama anymore. You need to figure out how to do life here. I love that. And then I went home to see my mom. I'm telling you today, this is the way to start the new year. Reorient your life to Jesus. I know you've talked about that. I know you've done that in the past. I know maybe you're even in that process right now. But if you're new to Jesus, reorient your life to Jesus and then let him steer it where he wants to go. If you've been with Jesus for years, if you've given your life to him, you've been serving him in the, in the kingdom, fantastic. This year, instead of living by the old rule set, reorient your life to Jesus again and let him steer your life where he wants it to go. That's the way to start a new year. Instead of rehashing the same old year of the past. Jesus says in verse 22 of this passage, right before we get into this whole Sabbath thing, he says, no, I came to pour new wine into new wineskins. I'm convicted by that verse. I'm convicted by it because of the fact that over years of serving the kingdom, I've become an old wineskin. I, I have my ways, I have my traditions, I have my methods. It's hard to change those. But I want to be a new wineskin this year, don't you? I, I want to reorient my life to what new Jesus wants to do in me this year. And that's how I want you to start this year. I, I'm calling Journey as a church Let's reorient our lives back to Jesus this year and let's let Jesus carry our church where he wants it to go. I see great things ahead. There's so much to talk about. So many things gonna happen. And I'm already on a sky high cloud right now with all that Journey did last year in spite of the pandemic. I think Jesus has his best year in mind for Journey and he has his best year in mind for you and your family. And he has his best year in mind for all of us if we'll reorient our lives back to him. And you can do that today. If you don't know Jesus, you can change your focus to him just for even a minute, just for a day, just for a week, and see what he wants to do in your life. If you're like me and many others, you've been 
following Jesus for a long time, just like this, it's time to turn our focus to him even more. And just like in the movie, Jesus is going to tell us, get used to different. This is going to be different. And so I'd like to take an old tradition and end our message with that old tradition in a new way. We do this thing called thought burning. And I've used different methods to do that. Over the years, I had a a big tray and I had people when we first started the church fill out pieces of paper and then I put them in a big tray in the elementary uh, school and even in the high school. We put them in a big tray and we take the papers and we start a fire and burn them. You can do that at home today or you can do those things that we call solvy paper. It's dissolvable paper and put that in into water and let it dissolve away. Here's what I want you to do while you're watching this at home. And for the few of you that are here, we've got that in the back for you as well. I want you to write down on a piece of paper, either at home or here, I want you to write down a piece, piece of paper, the old that you want to let go of. I want you to list, maybe it's an old sin, maybe it's a sin habit or a lifestyle or an issue with, with things going on in your family, or your home or your work. I want you to write that old down there and then ask God to make it new. And here's another thing I want you to do. I want you to ask God to change your mindset about the rules and let him use rules to change your life instead of making your life about the rules. And then when you get done, I hope this works and I don't set off the fire alarm, but when you get done, you can collect them in a little metal tray or a pan And then even at home, you can start a fire and burn away the old. So you can start new. I know it's symbolic. I I get that. But I'm looking for you to make the personal choice today to let go of the old and to bring on the new. To reorient your life to Jesus so that he can take you where he wants to. Can you imagine what would happen if we, as individuals, if our families, if our church, if our community, if our nation would reorient our lives back to Jesus? Where could he take us this year? I guarantee it would be new. And Jesus, right now, I just pray over every person watching this and every family that's considering it. I pray that they... They'd be motivated and encouraged today to seek the new you have for them. God, thank you that you are here to change the rules to be more like you instead of like our ways. Thank you for Jesus, even in this chapter, reorienting his disciples to the new he wanted to do. And we pray today that you would do that with us too. Show us how we fit in your story. Make us more like Mark. And use us as you see fit this year. Bless this reflection time and this thought-burning time, the communion that people can take now. I just pray that there would be this cleansing over us, that the guilt of the past would be taken away, that the frustration and anger and hurt of the past would be released so that we could embrace what you want to do this year. Reorient our lives back to you. 
so that you can take us where you want to go. We ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody at home said, amen. God bless you for being with us today. We'll continue next week in the book of Mark. A lot of new things to talk about next week, so tune in for that as well. Make comments on the chat line. Let us know if there's anything we can do. Check out our groups and journey stuff on the journey page. And by the way, just jump on that survey today. I think if you miss that at the beginning of the survey. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.